I'm Eric. I'm Lucas. And we are the Modern Agronomists. We are putting a modern spin on an old industry. All right, welcome back. Uh, today we have Dick Groth, uh, agronomy, agronomy service rep for Syngenta. Um, Nick covers the whole state of Wisconsin. And uh, thanks for coming here today, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me on your guys' podcast. Could you give a little, let's start out getting a little background, um, where you're from, how you got into egg, and and what you're doing today. Yeah, sure. So my name is Nick Groth, as you guys mentioned. Uh, I'm originally from southeastern Minnesota. I uh, came to Wisconsin here to go to school at Madison and get a degree in agronomy. Uh, from there, I worked in retail for eight years, and starting in January, I started working for Syngenta. It's, it's been a really good opportunity for me kind of expand my role as an agronomist and move from a small retail territory to now covering the state and helping out retailers like you guys. Oh, that's great. You came from Minnesota and picked a good school to go to in Wisconsin, so congratulations there. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm a transplant. You guys will have to take me whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, today, I, I think one of the things we want to touch on, um, obviously there's quite a few success stories of 2020, but I think one of the big ones um, we're going to start with is uh, – product called Miravs Ace on wheat. Myself, Eric, we both worked with the product, uh, Miravs Ace fungicide, and uh, why don't you touch base on some of the things that you were seeing with that? Yeah, well, I was excited to hear you guys had so much success with the product. Uh, it's been a really, uh, I guess you could call it a home run hitter for us. It feels like when a guy starts using that product, they're really happy with it. There really hasn't been much on the market until now f- for really good head scab control, especially something that offers you a, a pretty wide application range like you get with Mervis Ace. Um, just to give you guys a background, we had several trials out this year, and we're pretty consistently seeing about 11 bushel bump, uh, maybe a quarter ton of straw, uh, and along with that, increased test weight. And uh, kind of like with all of our other Mervis brands, it's a really visual product. Uh, once that's sprayed, you can really see how the straw keeps a nicer color and the plant stays greener longer. And uh, it's just been really good for us. I'm glad to hear you guys are having some success. I'd, I'd back that visual thing up. I mean, where, where I had it out there, it was night and day. I mean, 60 miles an hour down the road and going by, you could see the corner maybe didn't get it or the check left in the field. That was what really caught my eye to begin with. And then um, taking it to yield was even better. Yeah, a lot of, lot of visual there. Uh, we had some fields split outside of Malone this year, and you could definitely see to the line where ACE was applied versus not and the yield translated with the look and I think you know that's the main driver it can't just look better it has to yield better so yeah and I I think from an agronomy standpoint you you guys are in a really good location to really reap the benefits of that you know having cooler springs and cooler wetter years all the way around at least the past couple years you really set up yourself for late season disease and wheat and uh, Mirasace is a really good fit for fighting those diseases. Nick you want to touch base on then um timing or what we're shooting for there on this product? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for calling that out. Yeah, so one of the things that makes Mervis Ace different than some of the other head scab products is you can begin the application at 50% head emergence. So when all of the fields are all the plants in the field have at least the head 50% emerged, you can begin application timing where in general, the products prior to this, you had to wait till you started to see flowers. Uh, now you can get started earlier. And you know how that is in a weed field. It's so all over the board. It's tough to hit that timing right on. So something with uh, a little wider application window really helps when you guys are getting tr- trying to get across acres. Yeah. Yeah. And that for us, that's really important. Huge. Yeah. This is a really kind of a tougher time of the year for us to get across the weed acres because we're really ba- busy, you know, in corn and beans yet. And 
So that flexibility really opens up another avenue for us, and it, it's really paid big dividends. One other thing to maybe touch on is um, elevators around here really started to start taking a look at these down levels in the wheat. Um, we obviously have a lot of corn, a lot of dairy. Uh, we were doing a lot of wheat after corn silage, and obviously that is a absolute magnet for Don. Um, touch base on what you're seeing with on some of that stuff. Yeah, so anytime you have uh, wheat following corn, uh, you set yourself up for that fusarium disease, the gibberella. Uh, in the corn is the same as fusarium head blight on the wheat. So you're continuing that cycle. You don't have any break there. So it's a higher likelihood that you'll get that head scab uh, in the wheat and increase your down level scores. And like you guys, like I said earlier, you guys are in a prime environment for that environmentally as well. So it really is something for you guys to watch out for, especially on those acres that are rotated corn silage to wheat. Speaking of corn silage, um, Syngenta's portfolio with fungicides is, you know, pretty extravagant. They have Miravis Ace and they have another product called Miravis Neal, which is labeled for corn and soybeans. And we brought up corn silage a couple times. Maybe talk about, you know, some of the things you've been seeing with Miravis. Yeah, you guys really worked that in there together nicely. Um, so the the thing with uh, Miravis is it's, that's the adepinum brand is what uh, that's the molecule that Miravis is bringing. And what that does is it gives you activity on fusarium. So like we talked about that gibberellum, that fusarium in, in wheat, that's all the same um, fusarium species that we have activity on since we brought this adepinum molecule to market. Another place you'll see it is in this in a sultro soybean treatment product where we have activity on SDS now or Miravis Neo on soybeans where we can have a little bit of white mold suppression. So it really brought a really important disease spectrum into a foliar fungicide that just wasn't there before, wasn't as common before. So we're really excited about that. And thanks again for bringing up the silage piece. That's really big for us is uh, not only can we increase grain quality in wheat, but we can reduce down levels and mycotox levels in corn silage and in some cases corn grain. But corn silage especially is really important because, as you guys I'm sure know, when you get the down levels or the mycotoxin levels up and you decrease feed quality, that's less milk in the tank, and that's more breedback issues, more binder feeding, and just general cost to the dairyman. So on, on the Miravis Neo, as far as application timings and stuff, uh, we, we've experimented with some early applications on a, on a post-merge. Um, we've also done, obviously, the, the tassel application where do you, where are you seeing the best fit or maybe most bang for your buck? Yeah, that, yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, there's a lot of new ideas in the corn fungicide market. Um, there's a lot of competitors saying that treating early is just as good as treating late. Um, all of our data would still say the most likely chance for maximum ROI would be that VT application or that R1 application in corn silage. Um, but for whatever reason, if you need to go earlier, if you're having fields that are difficult to get into with a get in area early or if you don't have the time or the equipment to do it at, at that application at the R1 application timing coming in earlier at uh, we'd like to see at least V12 um, by V12 V14 the ear leaf will be out and as we know that's the most important leaf to protect from diseases and we see really good results with Miravis Neo in that application timing as well so certainly um, an option for the acres that would need it the most. And if you're going to go early, I would just say that Miravis Neo still sets you up the best, having three effective sites of action, long residual, large spectrum like we talked about. Uh, if you're going to go early, it's even more important to pick the best fungicide. One thing that you brought up earlier that I, I'd like to elaborate on is Saltro. Uh, I think this year SDS was pretty prevalent in areas and – Saltro can help us combat that. Maybe explain that a little. 
Yeah, it was a great year to launch a SDS product in Wisconsin uh, for from the chemical side, maybe not from the grower side, but um, we, we did have quite a few trials out this year and uh, where we saw SDS, uh, we, we definitely saw an advantage there. Um, the other thing I would say is even in areas with uh, soybean cyst nematode pressure, we've had some success there and even on an acre where uh, we don't seem to see a lot of those disease or pest pressures, we can still see some advantage from that sulfur molecule. So a really good all of our product in all over product and we've had just a lot of tests out this year with our friends at NK and Golden Harvest and we're just building a really confident story that 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 uh, seed treatment is going to be valuable to a lot of growers across the state. Yeah heck of a year heck of a year to have that come out. <laughs> is that, is that You were seeing a lot of the SDS throughout the state or is it more more in certain areas? I mean I, I know I would say in our east central Wisconsin area I, I think we've seen more SDS than even white mold this year. Yeah, so um, prior, so I actually did my retail work in this part of the state too, and SDS was really not on my radar prior to this year. Obviously, with the Sultra launch, I was looking for it more. But as I look across the state, um, north to south, east to west, you can certainly find it. I think uh, we get to this central area, you know, the, some of the heavier soils of, uh, of east of west of Lake Winnebago. I got to remember I'm from Minnesota here. Nope. So, <laughs> and, and to the right side as well, but that kind of corridor, you guys know where it is, where the heavy clays are. We're, we're seeing SDS uh, and uh, all the other diseases that come with those heavy soils. So certainly sultra is a great choice, but don't forget about the rest of your seed treatment and the requirements there on that, on the heavier, wetter ground. So you, you said you traveled across the state, just kind of give us a snapshot of your year from one end of the state to the other, maybe some pests, some disease, just what you saw. Sure. Yeah, that's a loaded question, but I'll try to keep it to a few points here. Um, I think the biggest thing across the state is probably something that's really big in your neighborhood as well, and that's controlling water hemp and soybeans. It, it continues to be a challenge. It's, uh, it's something where we're still trying to figure out the best plan of attack for it. The traits keep changing. Obviously, we had some excitement this, uh, this summer on uh, the extend traits are the dicamba specific traits and what was going to happen there. We're, we're happy that we have that technology. We definitely need that technology in certain parts of the state. But one thing that really stuck out for me um, be traveling the whole state is how different uh, the water hemp management strategies are from the south end of the state to the north end of the state. Some people in the south are already fully on board. They're using these new trait platforms. They're using strong residuals, three effective sites of action. They're coming back with uh, two effective sites of action. They're overlapping that residual using their traits. Um, and then as we move all the way to the north, some of those guys haven't even experienced water hemp pressure yet, and they're still in their ways of the past of a single pass post, sometimes just with Roundup, if you can believe it, sometimes with an ALS, as we know, has lost efficacy throughout much, much of the state. And it's just, uh, it's a really important message that we at Syngenta are trying to bring across the state that if you don't have this problem today and you continue to manage how you are now, you will have it soon. And I, I think uh, you guys have can attribute to that. You've seen it. Absolutely. I mean, Farmers, growers to the north, if you're not ready for it, get ready because it is definitely coming and it's going to be coming fast. Um, so y your your base point you made there would be layering residuals. So maybe expand on that as far as when, you know, the pre, the post, and what, what that essentially means. Yeah, so at all the... It all begins with understanding effective sites of action in the soil. Uh, water hemp is really best controlled residually. So if I look at our product line, we really look at uh, prefix herbicide would be kind of our lead product across the state, and we're looking at two effective sites of action there. So femesifen, a PPO, and then uh, S-metallochlor, so uh, group 15 or uh, uh, 
seedling shoot inhibitor type product. So um, that's a really good place to start. Uh, if you really had bad water, water hemp, uh, sulfentrazone would be another great AI to use. Uh, Metribuzin is a good option depending on your pH and soil types. Um, but that's where it all starts. You got to get that residual down before the water hemp's up and stop it from ever coming up, hopefully. And then to your point, the layered residual becomes really important. You bring that second application of a residual herbicide product. In our case, that's generally going to be dual. Uh, pair that with a trade if you have it, either enlist or extend, and try to get that done before the water hemp's up or certainly before it has any size. And that's really going to be the key is effective residuals down, layered residual on top, and uh, hopefully put enough out there to get you through to canopy. Do you want to maybe touch base on a product that I um, had a little bit of experience was was Tavium this last year. Um, I had, I thought, great results. Um, maybe touch base on that a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Actually, I've, we've had some really good uh, gr- testimonials from applicators on that product, on the ease of application and how well it lays down. So from a chemical standpoint, the advantage is it's a premix of uh, – the dicamba or extend with plus vapor grip technology, that type of technology, plus S metallichlor, so our dual products. So right together in the premix, you're doing everything you need to do on your post past. Um, and, you know, with that, you're getting Syngenta formulation technology, so you don't have to worry about, you know, what can I mix with this? Am I going to have difficulty spraying it? I just, I just think it's been a good testament that even in under these new technologies, Syngenta formulation still shines through as the product of choice for ease of application. Do you think these new technologies are enough? Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, some of the c- comments that I get is, or at least I, uh, I think growers are probably thinking is, you know, I'm paying the extra money for the seed, the trait and the seed. I got to pay for the price of the new herbicides to utilize that trait. And I don't want to spend all this money on residual herbicides on top of it. But the, the problem is, is one, we need to protect that trait. And the only way to do that is effective sites of action. If we lose these new traits, there really are no good post options left for water hemp control. So one, we need to protect it, and two of these traits already are not 100%. Uh, if you have tall water hemp and you try to go out there and smoke them with a new trait, there's a high, high chance that you're going to have some weeds still sticking out there and you're not going to be happy. Uh, like I said at the beginning, it's all about residual control, controlling them in the dirt, using multiple effective sites of action. And more importantly, when you control it in the dirt, you, those weeds are never competing with your soybean crop and they set you up for maximum yield that season. I feel like the water hemp story is is definitely not coming to a close anytime soon. Our ability to kill this plant post is limited at best, and it's just going to be get more limited every year. I think as these technologies get burnt out, I'm not talking the extend or enlist what what have you, but even the flumesifen. You know, I think that over time we're going to have some issues there. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great point, and that's why Syngenta is moving towards. Um, prefix pre-emerge and get that femesifen on the dirt, get the residual value out of it because it is, you know, it's uh, 50-50 in some cases if you're going to get them, especially if they get any size. I mean, it's something that I would think about from my retail days is how many times can I preach this to a grower and then they don't believe me until it's a problem on their farm. And I I think that's a challenge for you guys and uh, it's frustrating, I know, because you see it and then you're just the train's coming, right? You got to get off the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And you take one year off of weed control, you know, you have one bad year. It's just setting, yeah. It's just setting you back year after year after year. And unfortunately, when you, when you make the decision to take a year off or maybe not do a pre-emerge, 
you're setting your, yourself up to spend more money down the road and you can't go backwards. I mean, it just doesn't go backwards. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. Um, you know, one of the tenets of resistance is once you have a resistance population, you will always have a resistance population. There's no fitness cost to, for that plant to be resistant. So there's no reason why it would be out-competed or go away. So you're always going to be dealing with that. Um, I would just say, to your point, you've got to do it in every crop every year. And uh, it can easily get covered up by a good corn crop and have a few water hemp escapes. But you got to make sure they're all done, all gone in your corn crop because they're just going to be more of a problem in your soybean crop. I feel like years prior to this one, I felt like I could go into a corn crop and say, okay, I'm going to spray this, this, and this, and this is going to work. You're like, we're not going to have water hemp. This year, I feel like there was a couple fields where, you know, the wheels maybe fell off a little bit. And I feel like, you know, just think we really got a crop rotation is going to be important in this, not just herbicides. It's it's a culmination of things. And I uh, I think if we don't go at this with the heavy hitters, we're going to pay. Yeah, I, I really agree. I mean, it's all about um, getting as much activity out of the herbicides you have as possible, throwing every tool you have at this weed. And I know you guys talked about cover crops as well and crop rotation um, t- 